0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Bundesliga Show. Uh, obviously, we're back after a international break, uh, and we're also back—well, um, back with a bit of a, a refresh look. Um, not in terms of how me and Mark look. We're still here. We're still looking <laughs> sharp as ever, of course. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a bit of a play around with the format of the show this evening. So uh, if you're joining us for the first time or or even just returning, please do let us know what you think about uh, what we've done with the show and uh, if you do or don't like it. Um, of course, this is the Bundesliga show brought to you by over, uh, over the bar and in partnership, as always, with Bundesliga boxes. Uh, of course, I'm sporting one of their their fresh tops tonight on the you know the best uh, football shirt companies around that provide you with authentic uh mystery German football t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So go check them out on Twitter, go search them and find their new website. Um they're fantastic company. So very happy to be in partnership with them. Um so right Mark, well we're gonna swing over to you in a second for for the results uh, of uh match match week number eight. Uh we're getting on now. So yeah, do you want to run us through the results and then we'll we'll crack on with our new with our new format.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, obviously week eight, uh, first week after the second international break of the season. So let's have a look at the scores on the door. So we started off with a thrashing, didn't we? Hoffenheim 5, FC Köln 0. We had Dortmund getting a home win 3-1 against Mainz herter with a rare win away in frankfurt 2-1 freiburg with their first game in their new stadium now a brand new spanking stadium it looked really nice actually on the yeah. tv they got a well-earned draw one all against leipzig the, the battle of the bottom Bochum got a 1-0 win at furt union continue their good form with a 2-0 win over wolfsburg we had a one-all draw in the late game on Saturday between Gladbach and Stuttgart. Then moving on to Sunday, we had the, the top two clash at the time with Bayern thrashing Leverkusen five-one away from home, and then we finished off with another relegation six-pointer, which ended all square one-all between Augsburg and Armenia Bielefeld. So, yeah, so let's have a look. So, obviously, we're still going to stick with our OTBs featured four, but we're going to do it slightly differently this time. So, we're going to focus on what we consider to be the best four games of the weekend, and we're going to count down from number four down to number one. So we want you guys to interact with us as well and let us know what you think. Do you agree with our decisions or have we left out a cracker this weekend or a game that should have got more attention from us? So let's start off with uh, yeah, our, our game number four this weekend which was it was that well-earned 2-1 win for Hertha Berlin away in Frankfurt. Now, I think before kickoff, nobody really thought that um, Hertha had a chance in this one, really. You know, obviously Hertha Berlin with only two game wins to the name before this, and that was against the bottom two, wasn't it? Frankfurt fresh from that brilliant shock 2-1 away win over Bayern. But, I mean, th- this was just a complete disaster. They were my first team on my accumulator as well. I was absolutely gutted, to be honest. I said they're an absolute banker, 1.75 at home. And I, I thought they've-, they've got to win this game, but it just wasn't to be, was it, Rory? I mean, they it- just turned up in a shocking performance, really, in this one.
0: Yeah, oh, obviously, they didn't start the game in particularly uh, impressive fashion and-, and were 1-0 down very early on. Um, so, a nice cross from the reader um, was just about kind of flicked in um, by Richter on, on the end of the cross. Um, so, again, kind of the Frankfurt uh, press or energy wasn't quite there. So, allowing the cross to come in from quite, you know, quite wide out and, you know, not much pressure on that is, you know, you're asking for trouble there. Uh, obviously, Piotek got his first start as well for Herter, Um And, you know, he led the line, you know, well. Uh, he had a couple of big chances, though, in the first half, didn't he? Which, you know, is... Wasteful with um, one header, straight a uh, trap. And then he had another chance They hit wide in the first half. Um, so obviously, you know, that, that, that was a positive from then. They, I mean, they controlled Frankfurt, really. Their only real chance in the, Frank, uh, in the first half for Frankfurt was from a short corner. Uh, obviously done on the training pitch, but that uh, was really well saved, actually, by, um, by the keeper after a deflection uh, off Boyata. Um, so that kept it uh, one nil. Uh, one nil, and Frankfurt came out in the second half were much more lively. Um, tried to get out them a bit more, um, but Hertha, uh, you know, to their credit, which probably something they need to do a bit more this season, actually weathered the storm really well. Um, managed to come out on the other side of that, and then were able to break, and score the second and probably decisive goal with um, who is now getting probably a bit of a reputation for being a super sub in the shape of El. Um, of the new signing at Eckling Camp, um, who uh, turned in a really good cross from Middlestadt um, at the far post to make it 2 0. Uh, that was on the hour mark, so 2 0 uh, pretty much kills the game. Um, obviously, Frankfurt got themselves back into it late on uh, with a penalty. Uh, obviously, fairly obvious decision. Good work by Bore, and it was converted. Um, but yeah, obviously, it wasn't to be for Frankfurt. Like you said, I, I was very much expecting you know, an improvement from Frankfurt and then to carry on that, you know, that good kind of goodwill, good feeling after obviously such a good win against Bayern. Um, but yeah, it never came. Um, Runa was kind of, you know, pushing me to put in Kostic into my team, like points or car and Frankfurt, you know, will, will do the job. But yeah, it, it never came actually. Um, so yeah, obviously Herter deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, you know, it's a really good performance away from home something that you know has been a bit of a, a trend or a pattern that they seem to do well away from the pressures of the Olympia Stadion and um, obviously where they're kind of maybe the fans maybe get on top of them a bit early on or you know the pressure kind of they they succumb to a little bit but uh yeah very good win for Hertha very important <laughs> win as well uh, obviously in context of kind of staying away from the bottom four or uh, four or five um <laughs> And, you know, cut a couple of goals and not conceding as well as, you know, well, say not conceding, obviously, apart from a silly penalty, um, they did a really good job. So, yeah, thoroughly uh, enjoyable performance from, from the Berliners.
1: Yeah, I think for me, no selka no problem. That's all I can say from this one. You know, I mean, I think I've been calling for weeks now that Davy Selka simply cannot afford to be starting for this Herterbell inside. I mean, as Rory said, Piotek didn't miss a few chances, but he's a presence, isn't he? He puts himself about for me, if you start him for the rest of the season, he will get your goals eventually, you know. And I think for me, I can never understand why he spent so much time sitting on the bench because he is a quality player. Despite This probably wasn't his best game, in all honesty, but for me, he did a lot more than what Davy Selka does in three games in this match, to be honest. He put himself about, he got himself chances. He didn't get the goal in this game, but he was a... Presence are Got to say, Marco Richter, he's another name. He has to be starting every game for this Hertha Berlin side for me. He's low quality every time he came off the bench. Before. Now I think he started the last game, but this was only his second start. Absolutely brilliant performance from him. But for me, man of the match was that man, Mittelstedt. I thought he was absolutely brilliant in this game. The assist for the second goal was outstanding. And he is a player, you know, he's a young German player. He is a player to look out for for them this season. And th- this was an exciting performance from Hertha Berlin. And maybe finally, and I mean finally, uh, P- P- Paul Dardai has found his best team. Now, for me, he's got to go with his team again next week, and we'll have to see what they can do, you know, because this was a really good performance and fair play to Hertha. As for Frankfurt, I mean, obviously a little bit damaged by the fact that Boré played in South America. I know he came off the bench, but clearly wasn't fit to start this game. They need him, you know, he did look good the couple of games before the break, and I think Sam Lammers is not really doing it so far, is he? Let's be honest. I mean, they brought him in with some pretty big hopes, I think, really, to take the burden off Boré. But for me, I know he's got a couple of goals, but hasn't looked great. For me, Daichi Kamada has to start playing more. I don't know why he's dropped out of the team after such a good season last year. I mean, Jesper Lindstrom, I know he's coming with big hopes, but it's a bit too much pressure for me for the young guy brought in from the Danish league in summer. You know, I'd like to see Kamadar back in there. We'll have to see what they can do. But great win for the Berliners. So moving on to our third favourite game of the weekend. It was, it was that, well, it was a masterclass, wasn't it, from Hoffenheim. They were absolutely brilliant in this game. Uh, I've got to be honest, like, why they can't do that every week is just anyone's guess, really, because if they can play like that, They're as good as anyone like outside probably Bayern Dortmund in the league, really, for me. You know, it was a a brilliant, brilliant performance. Admittedly, Cologne weren't great. We've got to be honest there as well. Cologne didn't turn up to the table in this game. You could see it right from the first few minutes when I think it was Schmitz played that ridiculous pass to Crammeridge, didn't he? Crammeridge probably should have scored... But it was actually a great save from Timo Horn. Yeah. And it just didn't really get any better at all for
0: the for the away side, did it, Rory? No, it didn't. I think it was uh, actually the standing captain, Sitchos, actually, who, yeah. uh, who replaced yeah. uh, Jonas Hector because uh, he was out ill. Uh, and obviously makes a massive difference because he's a big leader for the team. But yeah, I mean, he, yeah, his ridiculous pass kind of set the tone for the evening, didn't he? For the cold, at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously Hoffenheim didn't get off the mark straight away, obviously, despite that mistake. But um, Kramerich soon became, you know, uh, the provider, as he always is, um, if he's not scoring, because he, he obviously set up Babu for, uh, with a lovely free ball uh, with about half an hour gone. Babu rounded the keeper and showed uh, a rare bit of um, composure to to slot in his first of, <laughs> first of two, uh, obviously, because he then went on to score probably the crucial goal of the game because obviously it's early on the second half and Cole um might be trying to you know, it came out with a bit more impetus but early on the second half getting that second goal was important so um good bit of work by Apaguma at, at um little cross in and, and baby show a bit of, uh uh well a bit of cheekiness and a bit of smart play to to kind of back heel it um when I was watching the game, the commentators thought it was an own goal. Uh, so obviously weren't expecting Baybu to be able to produce that, uh, which he did. <laughs> they kicked it in with the back. Back here, and that's two 0 And then the third goal, obviously, so comes really quickly after that. Um, really nice bit of play. The part of the reverse pass from Crammerich is is pure beauty. Such great vision to to spot the ru- uh, the run from Raum, who gets on the end of it, cut back, um, and then Baumgartner's there to tap in for. Three 0 and that's pretty much the game. Uh, and they, but they were in the mood, obviously. Uh, Hoffenheim, and you know, uh, home home favourite Geiger got on the end of one uh, as uh, as he was set up. So that's four uh, nil, and then a, and a late fifth, another assist for Kramaric, a nice cross in for uh, for Posh uh, to head home, uh, and also a very good header for five nil. Um, so yeah, the perfect performance from Hoffenheim. Um, they, you know, they really produced the goods on friday night um really pleasing for their fans uh, had lots of interesting um kind of chats or, or, on uh, on twitter and exchanges with some hoffenheim fans um bit of a mixture really obviously saying that how you know you can't not enjoy a fire a win they were buzzing with the performance but also maybe a bit of papering you know papering over the cracks um, of, you know, still certain issues. Obviously, the defence did well to keep a clean sheet against a very dangerous uh con side, particularly this season, in terms of how well they get forward uh, and that physical nature, perhaps. But maybe that's why it suited Hoffenheim because we always remember Hoffenheim, maybe how they played against uh, Dortmund, how aggressive they were, how they liked to hit those men. And maybe if they're not playing against the speedsters so much, maybe that suits them a bit more. Yeah. Um, but they settled into it quite well, you know, and earned a really, really big and good win. Um, you know, wh- whether the consistency will come under the current head coach and, and whether the system allows that. Uh, obviously, chopping and changing that back free a lot, but there's not an awful lot to enjoy going forward. The the midfield three of Baumgartner, Grillich. And Geiger is, is a class kind of core to build around. And then you've got Raum getting forward and then the forward players, of course, as well. Um, so there's lots to like about Hoffenheim. It's just, uh, yeah, whether they do it on a consistent basis. But yeah, really good win. Cologne just won those nights, didn't turn up. I'm sure they'll be back to the way they've been playing uh, under um, under the head coach Baum, Baumgart. Uh, yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Chef yeah. Um, yeah, he'll he'll not allow those standards to drop like they did on that occasion. But yeah, good a great start to the weekend Friday night game.
1: Yeah, I think obviously it is an interesting point you make about the Hoffenheim fans because they have a right to be cheesed off about the lack of consistency because this is a really good squad at the end of the day. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a really good squad. But as you mentioned some of the names before, David Raum has been outstanding at that left wing-back position this season. I actually like Akpagoma as well. You know, he's like a really... He kind of gets forward. He's a centre-half. He plays in that back three, doesn't he? But he's actually a really... He gets forward as well. He's a threat Mm -hmm. off corners. He's actually quite a skillful. player player that can bring the ball forward, you know. I was a little bit surprised to see him drop for a few games earlier in the season, because I think he, mm-hmm. from what I've seen of him, I've really liked him. As you say, I mean, the midfield is oozing quality, you know. I mean, Grillich, we, we've talked about him a few times. He is a great player. You know, he's got to get that consistency, though. I think it's just about finding a starting 11 that sticks as well for Hoffenheim, you know, and a formation. I, I think with that um, back three and then the two uh, attacking wing-backs is better for them. In my opinion you know and then Baumgartner can play in that kind of like just off the front too i think also i've not always been the biggest baby fan in the world yeah. but he's he looked good since he's come back into the side this season mm-hmm. you know? and i think he does provide quality alongside Crammerich and takes a bit of pressure off Crammeridge too because sometimes you watch Crammeridge and he feels as though he, he feels as though he should be carrying this side but they've got yeah. other players good players too and he doesn't need to be carrying the side he is the best player but he do you know what i mean like other players need to step up on a more consistent basis and support him and it's just about like that defence you know working harder the midfield closing down and they did that brilliantly in this game they look so fired up and I did this was a 10 out of 10 performance from Hoffenheim and mm-hmm. but I think that the true test for them is going to be how they turn up next week I mean they play Bayern next you know what I mean yep. so I mean if they go and get stuff 5-0 there then all this good work's erased again do you know what I mean <laughs> but we yeah. don't expect them to go out there and beat Bayern but they got quality in this side to cause Bayern problems and we want to see them do that you know what I mean they they should have quality and it's going to be interesting to see how they do and build on this performance next week against Bayern okay so moving on to the um our game number two I mean yeah it had to be that probably the best game from Saturday really wasn't it Uh, the the 3-1 win for Dortmund over Mainz I mean, this was, I think most people predicted this could be a, quite an open game. You know, I mean, obviously Mainz before this game actually had the best defence in the Bundesliga. So I guess they'll be a little bit disappointed to uh, concede early on. But that's exactly what they did in this game. And it was an absolutely rasping strike from Marco Royce inside three minutes. Wasn't it? I mean, what a hit that was, you know. I mean, we know that they need him in the side almost as much as Haaland. And, you know, them two being back in the side this game. Showed a massive. I think yeah. Obviously they had the perfect start. Then, then they had another couple of chances through Haaland, uh, Obviously who was returning. He'd missed uh, the two previous games as well. Uh, Erling Haaland, who obviously as always, he had a great game. But yeah, they managed to hold that one 0 into the second half, Rory. And then it yeah, they, they held out relatively comfortably. I would say.
0: Yeah, very much so. Obviously the um, the penalty that comes uh, from from handball is a uh, you know near enough match kind of deciding factor when, when Haaland just about, you know, dispatches it home, obviously goes to power and the keeper moves enough to uh, to allow him to score the goal. So that's 2-0. Um, and uh, yeah, they kind of, you know, went, went through the uh, motions a little bit until, uh, as per usual, they kind of do something stupid enough to wake themselves up by either conceding a really daft goal or or chance. And obviously, it, in this case, it was from playing from the back and, you know, messing it around. So, Cobalt has, to, eventually, is forced to clear it. It only goes as far as, you know, halfway in there, in their half. Uh, falls to Lee, who who kind of prods it forward to, to the substitute, Burkhart, who uh, who also kind of just, you know, prods it home past Cobell in there. So, that's 2-1 with, you know, only a couple of minutes remaining. And, you know, again, it's probably a bit too late to have a, a massive deciding factor on the game. But, it's obviously enough to put the heebie-jeebies on, on a defence that, you know, is usually likely to concede one or two goals. So, you know, it's unnecessary to do that uh, in a game where they, you know, they're celebrating Haaland coming back and, you know, looking like a very solid game. But again, obviously, that that kind of lapse in concentration came. Um, but in general, I thought they played the game quite well and, and restricted minds who, you know, have been getting forward uh, much to, the, to their fans' delight and, you know, causing teams a lot of problems actually. So um, you know, that was a positive from Dortmund. And obviously the, you know, the third goal is um, of course, scored by Haaland, who's, you know, who's teed up by Jude Bellingham after great work by the young man to to set him up. Um so yeah, good work from Dortmund to keep the pressure on um on Bayern because obviously overnight they went to the top of the league, which would have been a good feel, you know, good feel factor for them, of course. Um, you know, starting to show uh, some real form under, you know, under the new head coach, Marco Rosa. Um, I think other positives, maybe the the form of Mounier getting forward. Uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of chances are coming from his, you know, excellent uh, ability in the final third to, to whip in good crosses and, you know, produce good chances so obviously the first goal comes from his cross which is poorly dealt with in the first place by Mainz's defence Um unusually so as well but obviously that's you know that's the goal straight away chances obviously for Haaland from you know uh, from further crosses from Mounier so that'll be obviously be a pleasing factor obviously from Mounier's point of view the goal doesn't come from his side of the pitch uh, so again you know it's not like he's Produce good work and then messed up, um, you know. But, you know, it's a byproduct of the whole defense, isn't it? Um, so that will always be the question, ultimately. But yeah, very good win for Dortmund. Uh, they'll hope that their form can carry on in, uh, in a rich vein that it is at the moment. Haaland coming back, obviously, will only reinforce that. Um, you also, however, you don't want the return of Haaland to maybe detract from how well Daniel Marlin has been without Haaland in the team, because um, he's you know, more of a focal point and has done really well, actually. So it'd be a shame if Marlon um, suffered as a result of that. But hopefully they'll find a way of getting Marlon to to get in on the goals act whilst Haaland is in the team as well. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyable performance by Dortmund as per.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, from an attacking point of view, as good as ever. I mean, we always see say that really. Another great performance from Bellingham as well. But I think, though, obviously, the fact they didn't they didn't get that first clean sheet of the season will be a massive, massive. Uh, like worry really for Marco Rosa you know because I mean Mainz didn't really cause them many problems in this game let's be yeah. honest and it is very very disappointing that they did concede that goal I think Rosa would have been quietly confident because I think this is one of I think this is only the second game of the season when Akanji and are both started together in that centre position obviously we've seen Axel Witzel start a lot of games so he would have been probably saying to himself you know we've got our best centre halves fit and ready you know we, we were well on the way to keeping a clean sheet but it wasn't quite to be you know it still ended up being a comfortable win obviously getting the third goal in the end but you do want to be keeping those clean sheets and that's it's it's no clean sheet now in eight league games and you know I mean that that isn't great really I mean obviously the likes of Bayern are going to be coming closer and closer on that fixture list you know and you, you need to keep clean sheets you know what I mean you, Obviously, when you've got uh, Dortmund's kind of quality up front, you, do you know what I mean? The opposition often have to score two or more to even have a chance of getting a point anyway. But, yeah, they don't keep clean sheets and it's um, something they've got to start doing for me uh, as things and Obviously, as for Mainz, uh, it's three defeats in a row after a great start to the season. Yeah. But nothing major to worry for them, really. I mean, it was still a solid performance. It's against a very good side you know, they still gave themselves a chance with less than five minutes to go. So, you know, no major worries for Minds and no major worries performance-wise either, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so let's move on to our game of the week for the first week. Let's see the game on the doors. So, it is Leverkusen-Bayern, of course. Where better or worse place if you're a Leverkusen fan to finish? I mean, where to start with this one? I mean, this was just, I mean, I was so looking forward to this game. You know, I was literally like, I could barely wait until the kickoff. And then obviously within four minutes of kickoff, they're already 1-0 down, Leverkusen. You're just thinking, you know, Leverkusen, you've got to get stuck in there. You know, keep it tight for the first half hour. You know, keep them out. And obviously, it's just a free kick drifted in. Obviously, great ball in really from Diode. I Pamikano, but I mean, where was the defense? They just lost him, didn't they? they gave him yeah. all the time in the world. Then it was a beautiful improvised finish from Lewandowski, like they kind of like uh, turned in with the side of his foot. Brilliant finish, really, from from the goat. You know, the probably the best player in the world at the moment. I don't care what Jurgen Klopp says about uh, yeah. Salah. For me, he's the best player in the world. You know. <laughs> then obviously, yeah, I mean, Leverkusen obviously through Verts was was having a solid game. I think uh, Paulinho also started the game pretty solidly. They, they did put them under a little bit of pressure between the, the fifth minute and the half an hour. But yeah, lo and behold, just before the half hour mark, Alfonso Davies with great play takes on the fullback, skips past him. Then Lewandowski is there just to finish off the move past Herdatsky. And that's 2 0, isn't it? I mean,. And you're just thinking, you know, I think we messaged, We were messaging during this game, weren't we, Rory? We would have yep. said, you know, 2-0, but Leverkusen, they, they don't look completely out of the game. But mm. obviously what happened for the next 10 minutes after that was just a complete collapse, wasn't it, Rory?
0: Yeah, it was. It was, um, hard, in a way, hard to watch in the fact that I wasn't sure um, if I was enjoying what I was watching or if I could believe what I was watching. Um, yeah, obviously for all the... You know all the positivity, all the good things that Leverkusen had done in the build-up to this one game, for it to kind of be almost torn apart and played with by Bayern, like you know, just like a you know a school bully coming along and saying, you know what, you know, I'll have your pocket money now because you know the big dogs in you know in town because, yeah, they they thoroughly just dismantled them, didn't they? Um, so the thing, the thing was though, it was a bit of a mixture of good buy-in play. Uh, And poor Leverkusen play. So, you know, the third goal uh, is a corner, swung in all the way, goes all the way through to Sula at the back post. Unchallenged, able to, you know, have four or five seconds on the ball to get a shot off. Obviously deflection off Muller's unfortunate, but got to be in the right place at the right time. Um the fourth goal they're playing out from the back they get up to halfway and lose the ball because of the buy and press um you know they sniffed blood didn't they at the end of the day so they went for it um win the ball back through Muller lovely crossing uh for Gnabry to sweep home and kind of chip it over Haradeki in net so that's four nil and just as you're thinking oh please like let the carnage end if you're a Leverkusen (laughs) fan of course um yeah, like two minutes later, Naby plays a nice two, uh, one-two with Goretzka and, and curls home the fifth. Um, and yeah, I think everyone in the in the stadium, uh, like ourselves, were a bit kind of shell shocked, really, at, at what had happened. Um, yeah, with such uh, anticipation about first versus second, you know, can Leverkusen do something uh, in front of their, you know, in front of their fans who are really looking forward to it? It was just, uh, yeah, a bit of a <laughs> anti-climax in the end real a real shame um uh, what uh oh like you mentioned mark obviously you know if you're so up for a big game you know kind of expect like tackles to go in you know then be up for it and, and straight away from a set piece there is there's literally no one anywhere near Makano from a you know from a long free kick so that you've got so much time to set your line you know if you're a leader in the back line you know whether it's jonathan tar or anyone else they sh- the, you know, you target your men, you pick them up one by one. If there's anyone's spare, then you fill holes. Um, why on earth Upa Makano was free to do that? I don't know. Um, and then you know, that like I said, they kind of settled into it a little bit. Uh, Florian Wertz, you know, was doing what he could, but he was getting frustrated. Um, and then obviously, yeah, the second half, you know, is a, a training game, isn't it? Nice for Leverkusen to get a goal, uh, for their fans to celebrate. Obviously, I mean, they got two, but Larios was offside, wasn't it? Um, and you know, Bayern just kind of went down, went down through the gears appropriately, took off their star players as as they required, and and yeah, the game was done. Obviously, by the time the well, by the time the third goal went in, really. Um, so yeah, real shame. Um, but at the same time, um, just want to add in that again. This is what what we were saying. Um, me and Mark during our little chats during during um, the game, having lives that they are playing the best team in Europe. Like, like let's let's be fair. Like this team have got everything, generally speaking, covered. Obviously, they do concede the odd city goal, but they've got Manuel Neuer in net to, <laughs> to stop yeah. most of them anyway. Like they should uh, again, without putting too much pressure on this buying side, they should walk the league. They should win the cup and they should, win. they should win the Champions League. Uh, I don't see anyone really being close to them. The only threat that they should get in the Champions League is from English teams uh, in the shape of if City sort themselves out or Liverpool, uh, who look good again. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think right now that it, they're such um, a dominant force. And I'll, I'll kind of do a leading question on to you, Marcus, because obviously something you said to me about Julian Nagelsmann now looks like they, you know, he may have taken them to the next level. So, what do you reckon to that?
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. I think from what we've seen this year, I mean, the performances, specifically in the big games, have been absolutely unparalleled throughout Europe for me. Like the way the I know Barca, this isn't a great Barca side, but to win three 0 without Barca even having a shot on target in the new Camp. Is just ridiculous at the end of the day, you know. And, like, obviously, the fact they beat Dortmund 3-1 in the Signal Duna Arena in the Cup absolutely dismantled them. And then, you know, we've seen it time after time. They beat Leipzig in Leipzig very, very easily. And now they've done the same against Leverkusen. I mean, this was a big game at the end of the day. If Leverkusen won this game, they would have gone three, goal, three points ahead of Bayern, you know. They would have had confidence they were playing brilliantly before this game you know and just to put in a first half like that is just brutal do you know what i yeah. mean I agree that, obviously, I think the main thing about Leverkusen is they were missing Aranguiz, who is like the tough tackling midfielder, who's just the player they would have needed in this game, basically. Obviously, Amiri coming into the side, who wasn't very good at all in this game, let's be honest. Their midfielder, Demir, Bai, and uh, Amiri was just outclassed completely, you know. I do think if they had Aranguiz in there, who obviously... You know these internationals these days they just seem to go on forever. And nowadays the South American internationals are playing on Thursday nights when there's Premier League and Bundesliga games on the Saturday. Do you know what I mean? Something's got to be sorted with this in the long run. But anyway, they were missing him, as a lot of teams over Europe were missing key players from South America this week. But yeah, I mean Nagelsmann, he's just one hell of a coach. You know, I mean we've talked about it before. The last three Champions Leagues have all been lifted by German coaches. You know, obviously. Klopp in 2019 then um yeah Hansi Flick in 2020 and then obviously uh Thomas Tuchel in 21 I wouldn't if you're anyone is a betting man out there then stick it on Nagelsmann to make it four out of four for the German coaches you know because this guy is special really like some of the stuff he does you know and some of the uh He's just fantastic. Like He reinvents players, you know. And I think yeah. he's really, really... For me, Alfonso Davies didn't have a great season last year, actually, to be honest. But this year, he's come back 100% back on form. I think Apamecano can happily say now that he's had a good start to his time in the club. Yeah. I thought the first couple of games, he didn't look great. But, you know, he, he's transformed him. Gnabry looks as good as he did two seasons ago. It's just a scary side, and I mean, you've got... For me, there's not really one player on that side that's not world class to be honest Mm -hmm. you know maybe Hernandez is the only potential exception you know but even he's a world cup winner and a Champions League winner so not bad you know brilliant side just you can't argue with it can you You just got to feel sorry for Leverkusen running into that really great performance and fair play to them at the end of the day you know okay so that completes our OTB's Featured Four. So what, what we're going to do now is we, we've introduced a new uh, part to the show instead of our usual review of the remaining five games. So it's going to be called the Bundesliga boxes Talking Point of the Week. OK, so what we're going to do is me and Rory are going to see what what is the main talking point of the week. And obviously this week was the bottom four all played each other, obviously, with Bolkham going away to Furt winning 1-0. And obviously uh, Augsburg uh, hosting Bielefeld in a one all draw. So we thought, what better time than to talk about the main topic of this week, which is who's going down. So, yeah, me and Rory are going to give our thoughts. I mean, it's got to be between those four sides, hasn't it, Rory? I think we, from what we've seen in the opening eight weeks, they are by a distance of four worst sides.
0: Would you agree with that? I would, yeah. Um, I think it's fairly hard right now to kind of um, just throw in anyone else. Um, obviously, the as the league table stands right now, the next team above balcom in in 14th place is, is frankfurt and you know uh despite their wobble so far this season uh, i think it would be going a long way to include them in a relegation dogfight um obviously the only other team that have been struggling a little bit more is maybe Herter, but also they shouldn't be down there anyway um so yeah i think it's out of the bot it's out of the bottom four as it stands i can't see that changing too much um and so Realistically, is what order is it going to finish in? Um, and I can see it very much going down to the wire between three teams, um, and potentially one other team may may fall just a little bit before that. So, uh, so as it stands right now, I think that uh, are really struggling. Um, obviously, they're. They've done brilliantly to get promoted in the first place and have, you know, showed enthusiasm um, and, you know, their fans have been enjoying every single second of it. Uh, Well, maybe some of the games, maybe not. Um, But yeah, ultimately, they just look a little bit shy of Bundesliga standard right now. Um, And of course, we're only reviewing after eight games and that, you know, we may well have a, a talking point in... 12 to you know 16 more games time and that could completely change. but right now they look a little bit shy of Bundesliga quality so I expect them to finish last as they are now um I do however you know really want them to get that first win soon uh, and hope it doesn't drag on too much as the season goes on so for me yeah, it's whoever gets relegated out of uh Alsberg and Bielefeld I think um one thing that you look at at all three teams is that, you know, they all have their kind of indi- individual ways of playing. They're all quite gritty. They don't, generally speaking, concede loads of goals. Obviously, Balcom got hit for seven by Bayern, but, you know, we've seen that can happen to anyone. Um, and at the same time, they all struggle to score goals. Um, you know, so Balkan, five goals in eight games, Augsburg, four goals um, in eight games, and, and the same for Bielefeld. I really thought it would be the opposite way around, particularly for Bielefeld, because I thought the way that they signed during the summer was really smart. They made some good purchases, and I thought they would um, be much more of a threat going forward. Robin Hack that we've spoken about as well, Mark, obviously from a Nuremberg point of view. Yanni Sarah, <laughs> Yeah, got the scarf there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, Yannick, that, when I saw that starting duo up front, I thought that was a perfect way to go about things in, in the game, but um ultimately, Sarah got hauled off for uh, Fabian close after about an hour, give or take. And yeah, or, or Hacks had a half decent start, to be fair, um, to life at, at Bielefeld. But so yeah, I think obviously all teams are struggling right now. Um, if you look at maybe who's going to have the most experience, uh, maybe you look to Augsburg. And we often said last season how they've got the ability to win when they really, really need to, which they did last season. So maybe that will go in their favor. They've got experienced Bundesliga players. Um, but again, obviously, sometimes they, you know, they struggle to put the ball in the back of the net. So right now, uh, if you press me to to say who will come um, 17th and then who will come 16th, um, I mean, I'm tempted to say it may well finish how how it looks right now so Bielefeld 17th and then alsberg 16th but i expect them to have enough just about to survive um, and then back back the balkan boys um to stay up and um, so that's how i see it right now um only you know purely based off what i've seen and you know it maybe if balkan had lost at the weekend then i would be saying it the opposite way around um it's, it is a tricky one isn't it but um it's really intriguing um you know race at the moment uh, it's also looking at kind of like all different sized budgets and you you think to yourself well fair play to them for trying to compete in the Bundesliga because all their budget sizes must be absolutely minimal uh mark i know you probably know a little bit more about you know the vary the varying sizes of you know the transfer kitties so to speak and if you compare and contrast it with the premier league's bottom four or three right now like. Newcastle are the richest team in the world, and they're second bottom in the <laughs> in the Premier League. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Compared to you know poor old foot who you know got you know pennies to spend. So yeah, it's an interesting one. What what do you reckon to it, Mark? Who's going down?
1: Yeah, I think me and me and you have got more money in our bank accounts than what they have put together in their transfer kitties, to be honest with you. I think you could buy, a, a I don't know, a bar of milker and you got more value than what their transfer... I think, in, in, with all due respect, I think, obviously, uh, Bielefeld have got a little bit more cash in their disposal. I mean, obviously, they were able to sign Hack. I think he cost 3 or €4 million. Euros. Mm-hmm. And for them, like that's like a massive signing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because he was... Me, he probably was the best player in this fight to Bundesliga last year, and he was a bit of a, a coup. He was a coup, without doubt, for them to be honest. You know, because he'd been linked, he was on the books of Hoffenheim as a youngster, and he was kind of uh. You know, he'd always been tipped for big things. Really, he went out to Nuremberg and was quality for two or three seasons, and then yeah. he's finally got his big move to the Bundesliga. And I was, to be honest, I was surprised to see him at Bielefeld. I thought some of the, someone like Mainz or maybe like uh, even an Augsburg would have come in for him. To be honest with you, you know, but good sign for Bielefeld. But as you say, he's yet to get off the mark in terms of goals. For me, I think looking at this bottom four, I think Bielefeld are the best side of the four, but they, they can't get that win, can they? You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, no wins in eight games. And remember, including there, they have played Augsburg and uh, Furt as well. They're the only side, in fact, not to beat Furt. Do you know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. think, and to be honest, I watched them against Augsburg and I was hoping for a bigger performance and I thought they were very poor. They were very lucky to get a point out of that game away yeah. at Augsburg, actually. And they they were very lucky and they couldn't have played much worse and not lost, basically. you know, And I thought that was a worrying performance, even though they got a point out of it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if you can't beat Augsburg, who can you beat in the Bundesliga at the moment? Do you know what I mean? You've got to ask yeah. yourself that. I think if I had to hazard a guess, well, I would say that Bielefeld will finish in that place uh, fourth from bottom, to be honest. So I just think they've got a bit more quality, as you say. Uh, they, they do have a few good players, especially Hack, but also a few other Obviously, Ortega. I mean, we've not mentioned him yet, but he wow. is probably one of the best keepers in the league. So, I mean, yeah. if you've got him. As you say, Yanni Serra hasn't done it at all, but they did manage to get Florian Kruger as well from uh, es- Esgibugi Awe. Yeah. Probably not many of our viewers will know him, but he was also a real quality player last year in this fight Bundesliga, which i surprised he's not been getting a bit more game time. So, they do have options. I think that's what Bielefeld have got, that the other... The teams don't have they've got a few options you know yeah. and i think bottom line is they have only lost three out of their eight games which is decent but five draws in there as well and they're not scoring goals do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like obviously the goal yesterday coming from uh Lowes and the the fullback and it's just like what you know when you've got yeah. players a quality players. i mean they're not a quality side let's be honest like they're they're a bottom four side at the end of the day and on paper but they should be a little bit better than the other three for me I think Greitzer are facing the dilemma now that no man, no club wants to face. I think basically they've got to decide: are they going to keep Stefan Laito the coach or not? You know, because at the end of the day, he did the miracle of getting them up, but it he looks clueless on the bench, doesn't he? Completely, and he he gives off a very negative vibe. I tend to find as well. If you watch him, he's constantly shaking his head and mm. moaning to his assistant and stuff like that. I mean, he didn't start Julian Green for that game against Bulkham and I don't know whether Julian Green had taken a knock potentially, but I mean, you've got to be quite, I know he's not had the best starts to the season, but you've got to be starting your best players in that yeah. kind of game against Bulkham for me. That yeah. was a poor move. I think itton despite getting the goal against uh, Bayern, is not a great player, let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he obviously replaced him in the game and I just thought that was a poor move myself. I think, as for volcom they've also got problems, but I think they've got a bit more fight than some of the other sides down at the bottom. I think, obviously, yeah. they, they do have that feel of like the fans are enjoying it, the competing. I just think the fact that Simon Zola is. Is out though yeah. for a long That's time. That's a massive miss. blow. Yeah. Yeah. I think if he was in the side, I would say they'd probably finish fourth from bottom. To be honest, because he did look good. But Sebastian Polter hasn't really impressed me. Obviously, as his replacement so far, he does have a bit of Bundesliga experience, Polter, But mm. again, he's not a world leader. We need to see more from the bulk of Messi as well. Yeah. Oh, and we saw yeah, him yeah. score that absolute worldy against Mainz, and where where's he been since then? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they did manage to get the win through a very, very, a you know, horrible game. Probably one of the worst games I've seen in the Bundesliga so far this season. The, the, mm-hmm. Obviously, they, but they did get that win that they needed. One hundred percent, they needed that win. They yeah. didn't win that; they'd be in even more trouble than what they are now. I think, obviously, now seven points from eight games is a decent tally. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I honestly think we could see those bottom four really. Put up very measly totals this year, and I would imagine all four of them will be well rooted at the bottom for me this year. Yeah. I, I don't see any of the others even being close to the drop from what I've seen so far. I think, but yeah, if I had to hazard a guess, I would agree with you, Rory. I think further going down, they're going mm-hmm. down, aren't they? And to be honest, their challenge is they've got to beat the record of the minimum points. To be honest, unfortunately, we're already talking about that, but they've been that bad. To be honest, and they don't look good enough, even close to being good enough play Bundesliga football I would say second bottom I'm I'm hung up between Bochum and Augsburg I mean a lot of people keep tipping up Augsburg and they keep saying they will come good but I've not seen enough from them so far I think they needed to win that game yesterday against Bielefeld and they should have done but at the end of the day six points from eight games and only four goals scored it's it's measly numbers isn't it it's measly measly numbers so I'm actually going to stick with my original position. I'm going to go for Augsburg to get that second bottom, and then Bochum to get the playoff. But I, they won't be favourite, I don't think, in the playoff either, because there's a lot of strong sides in that uh, Bundesliga, second Bundesliga this year. So, but you know, we're going to have a proper dogfight in there, and I think it's going to be interesting to see who does manage to show some bottle and stay up. But yeah, mm-hmm. for me, Furt and bieler and, and Augsburg for the automatics.
0: Good stuff yeah well obviously if you're watching along or if you're watching later on do uh drop us a comment and say who you uh you think your bottom three will be um so that nicely rounds up the show um obviously our new format the new way that we're approaching things uh we've got lots of shows uh coming up now we want to go you know we're flying back into it now uh now the international break is over hopefully a couple more european shows to come uh and a few other bits and bobs as well. And and stay tuned for hopefully an exciting update from the channel just in general uh we'll hope to give you some idea about that in the coming weeks uh but yeah mark over to you to close things out for this week
1: yeah okay so obviously check out our twitter feed uh, at over the bar fb and at over the bar extra remember also to check out our otbfootball.net which is the main centerpiece of our stuff Of course, uh, one of the most important things for us is to like, comment and subscribe below. It will help us to produce even more content. And, yeah, we hope you enjoyed our new uh, like layout of the show. Try to give us some feedback on that as well. We're receptive to both positive and negative feedback on what you think and maybe anything else you guys would like to see. Maybe we were also thinking about doing a, an American um, player or North American player um, focus as well. So let us know what you think about that potential idea. Yeah, but that's pretty much it from the new revamp Bundesliga show. And we'll see you on Thursday for our fantasy football and predictions.
0: See you then.